Tonight's shiur is for the Refua Shlema of a dear friend, Yisrael Yosef Ben Nea, Hishab Refua Shlema, Berama Chevra, Vushasagidav, Enna Refanano, Enna Refanano, you should have a complete and speedy Refua, Bezat Hashem. We are continuing in the transmission of the Torah Shabbat Peh, the oral law. And yesterday we discussed Eliyahu Hanavi, who received his tradition from Achiyah Hashidoni. We find ourselves at the bottom, the, the middle of page Lamed Zayin. Ve'elisha kibel meliyahu uvet, on the top of page Lamed Dino. Elisha received the tradition from Eliyahu in his Bet Hadin. Ve'yehoyada ha-kohen, and Yehoyada, the high priest, uh, the priest kibel meliyahu uvet, you know, he received it from Elisha in his Bet Hadin. Let's focus today a little bit on Eliyahu Hanavi and Elisha and the relationship between the two of them. Let's read Rav Kapach's note on the bottom right of page Lamed Chet. Note Yud Zayin. Sota Yud Gimel Bet. This is found in Sota, page 13b. Elisha, Talmidosh Eliyahu. Elisha is the student of Eliyahu Hanavi. So we know that from the Gemara, and that's a source. Rav Kapach is always trying to give the sources for the Rambam. Uvi Brachot, in the Masechet Brachot, page Zayin, Amud Bet, the Talmud says the following thing. Gadol Shimusha, Yoter milimuda, serving Torah scholars, working alongside Torah scholars. The great word for shimush is the apprenticeship of, of being in close proximity to the milchacham. This is used when we're not learning from one's teachings per se, but learning from one's actions. Gadol shimusha, the shimush of tamilechamim is greater yoter milimuda, greater than the study that we learn from tamilechamim. Uh, the Ben Ishchai in his book Ben Yoyada has an interesting uh, paragraph there why the word yoter, why it has to say that. It could just say gadol shimusha milimuda, why yoter milimuda. He wants to mention that it's that much greater. It's so much greater than just learning Torah from someone. That that's why it says gadol and also yoter. This idea of shimush tam lechamim, what's that going to mean? Elisha asher yatsak mayim alidei liyahu, lamad lo nemar ele yatsak. When it says that Elisha poured water over the hands of Eliyahu, it doesn't say that he learned Torah from Eliyahu Navi. It says that he poured water on his hands to teach you that the pouring water over the hands of Eliyahu Navi is greater than the Torah that he learned from him. This idea is a very important one. I think that so often we understand Torah as we do any other discipline in the world. There's a geometry professor who teaches you geometry, and there's a history professor who teaches you history. There's a Jewish professor who teaches you Judaics. There's a famous story that goes around in the world about a, a person who was taking a walk with his ethics professor after a course one day at the university, and he, they're walking in the university gardens, 
And the professor sees a wallet on the ground. The professor picks up the wallet, looks at the ID card, takes out all the cash, leaves the wallet on the ground, and keeps walking, puts the cash in his pocket. The student says, excuse me, sir, are you crazy? How, how do you take the money from the envelope? Uh, from the wallet? This is, what's the problem? I found it. The finder is keepers. He says, but aren't you an ethics professor? He said, the guy next door to me is a geometry professor. You don't expect him to be a triangle, do you? The Torah is not just something that we study. The Torah is something that we live. And because of that, the Chachamim, the, what does the Chachamim say? The Sichat Chulin, even the idle speech of Tamil Chachamim, requires limud. It requires us to learn from. There's what to be learned from everything we say, see Tamidei Chachamim do. And that's true all across the board. But when one is learning from a Chacham, one wants to make sure that in order to be a proper Tamidei Chacham, that we are able to learn from more than just what is said, but also how one acts. And that's perhaps the reason why Chachamim are so insistent that a Tamid Chacham, even someone that the whole world needs, whose actions are reprehensible, they're, they're, they're a terrible person, that you're not allowed to learn Torah from them. Because ultimately part of Limut Torah is learning from a person's actions. This is a problem that we have in the world today. You hear this a lot. He's a big Talmud Chacham. Yeah, but he's also crazy. He's a big Talmud Chacham, but he's a dangerous person. He's a big Talmud Chacham. He's also a criminal. Just because someone is a big Talmud Chacham doesn't get them off the hook for everything. I spoke today to my brother-in-law. He should live and be well. He's a big Talmud Chacham in Yerushalayim. And I was discussing with him a matter of Halakha, and we spoke about a certain posek who said something... And I said, this is why our Chachamim say, Kol tamid chacham she'en bo da'at. Every tamid chacham that is lacking da'at, nevela tova hemeno. A dead carcass is better than him. Our Chachamim, it's not enough to just know Torah. If a person doesn't have da'at, if a person doesn't know how to behave, if a person has nothing else you can learn from them aside from Torah, then we don't need their Torah. Tell us that if the Chacham is similar to the angel of HaKadosh Baruch you can learn Torah from the angel. But if Tamir Chacham is not an angel, is not comparable to a holy, righteous person, why are you busy learning Torah from him for? I was recently speaking with somebody who learns from a, someone who is undisputedly a Tamil Chacham. I cannot tell you. They're a serious Tamil Chacham. But their midot are migunot, midot, migunot ad no. Their, their character traits are so deeply flawed. They're cruel. They're abusive. They're harsh on their students. Against what Chachamim tell us, La Kapdan Melamed, a person who's strict, who's harsh, cannot be a teacher. I don't want to embarrass anybody because there's nobody here that I'm speaking to. But sometimes, you know, you go out into the world and I give shoeing and you have a Q&A session. The people asking questions are not all sitting here on a Tuesday night learning Rambam together. Sometimes you have just people ask questions. The first rule that our parents taught me, when someone asks a question, you always tell them that's a really good question. Answer the question. Even the stupidest question you ever heard. Give a person the feeling that the question they asked was valuable. What, are we trying to dumb things down for them? No, we're trying to encourage them to ask. Just like a shy person cannot be a good student. 
there has to be the freedom of, of engagement with one another with a chacham and his students. That doesn't mean that if someone here asks a question, oh, that's a good question, don't think that I think your question was stupid. But it's a teva, it's a, don't make fun of people who are really coming to learn Torah. This person violates all of us. But he taught me all of Tanakh, he taught me all the Rambam, he taught me. It doesn't make a difference. You can study that on a computer also. If you get yourself an audio book of the Tanakh, listen to it. But a Tamich who has problems in their personality, they will rub off on their students. You find that oftentimes Chachamim attribute problems to Torah scholars. They didn't do Shimush properly. They learned from someone, but didn't do Shimush. They don't have this dynamic of a Tamich Chacham they learned from, rubbed shoulders with, watched, observed. I can tell you that from all the years that I sat by Yerav Peretz, and that I still listen to Shirim of Yerav Peretz, not much, all the time. Nothing compares to the times where I've walked with him in the street, where I've taken him on a bus, where I've sat with him in a taxi, where I've driven with him to Hebron, where I've seen how he engages with other people, see how he speaks with his wife, see how he speaks to my wife. See how he treats his children, my children. See how he talks to the Arab in the street that he walks by. I can't explain to you how important it is to have a, the ability to do shimush. To be that close to someone that you're able to learn from their life also. The type of learning system we have set up in the West doesn't allow for that relationship between a teacher and a student and the teachers lose but the students lose even more it's something we could change we should change in the Jewish community at least we can change that page 26a the Talmud says from where do we know that a person rips his clothing for his rabbi, that taught him Torah. It says, well, let's read this puzzle again. Why don't we do this? If you can go on to Sepharia and look for, so you want to click Sepharia? You want to go to Tanakh. When you're in Tanakh, you want to scroll down to Nevi'im, to the prophets. Over there you're going to see Melachim 1 and Melachim 2. You want Melachim 2. Kings 2. Why do we have a King 1 and a King 2? Who gave us the gift of two kings? Why are you looking? Trivia question. Who gave us two Melachim? Who, who, wait, someone said something, but I didn't hear them. The Goyim. Oh, very good. The, the Catholic Church. We got we got two uh, Melachim from the Catholic Church. Why do we have the numbering system of the Catholics in our Tanakh? For what reason? Debates. Very good. We spent most of our time debating uh, the Catholics all throughout our history. 
And they would say, hey, what did it say in Shemuel, this and that? You want to know what to answer back. Uh, my name is Daramban, and I don't know what is written in that chapter because I don't have chapters in my book. So we unfortunately adopted their uh, chapters and verse. So now you're in Melachim 2, Kings 2. You want to go to chapter 2 of Kings 2. So Melachim, Bet, Bet, Pasuk Aleph. This is one of the most moving chapters in Nevi'im, for me, at least personally. It happened when HaKadosh Baruch Hu took Eliyahu Hanavi up into heaven in a whirlwind of a storm. And Eliyahu and Elisha were walking together from Gilgal. And Eliyahu tells Elisha, Shev po, stay here, because Hashem has sent me to Bet-El. I swear on Hashem's life, on your life, that I will not leave you. So what did Ayonavi do? He travels with Elisha to Bet-El. Who are the Bnei HaNevi'im? Who are these people? The students. The students, very good. So, so Bnei HaNevi'im don't necessarily mean the sons of the prophets, but they're the students. Yeah, like, uh, how do you call the students of the Kohanim, the young Kohanim? Do you know what they're called? You have Kohanim, you have the young junior Kohanim. What are they called? Very good. The flowers, the blossoms of the Kohanim. So the students of the prophets come out. I mean, these are prophets in training. What do you have to read Harry Potter for if you have uh, uh, st- schools of prophets? The students of the prophets come out to Elisha and they tell him, Did you know? Today, Akadosh Baruch Hu is going to take away your master from you. I know. Be quiet. Silent. Eliyahu tells Elisha, Stay here. Again he tells him, I swear on your life and life of HaKadosh Baruch I will leave you. They come to Yericho. And the students of the Nevi'im who are now in Yericho, they come out to Elisha. And they say, Do you know that today HaKadosh Baruch is taking your master away from you? I know! Quiet. And Eliyahu Navi tells Adisha, Sit here. Because HaKadosh Baruch is sending me to the Jordan. Same story over and over again. I won't leave you. They go together. And 50 of the students of the Nevi'im, they come out and they stand from afar. And both of them, both of them meaning, who? Elisha and Eliyahu are standing on the banks of the Jordan River. And 
Eliyahu Hanavi takes his aderet. What do they say? A mantle. I don't know how. Uh, okay. Vayiglom, and he rolls it up, folds it. Vayaket hamayim, vechatsu hena vehena, and he hits the water with his mantle and it splits. Vyavrush nehem b'charavan, both of them cross through on dry land. Vayhi cheovram veliyahu amar elisha, and they were passing through. And Eliyahu tells Elisha, by the way, the commentaries here discuss, it must not be such a big deal to split bodies of water. You have to reassess the miracles that happen in the Yamsuf in context of the water splits a few more times for different people throughout our history. Eliyahu tells Elisha, Please tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away from you. Vayomer Elisha, the student tells his rabbi, Vayhina pishnaim beruchacha elai. I am asking, please, that I should be granted twofold of your spirit on me. Vayomer and Eliyahu says, Hikshita lishol, you're asking for something very difficult. Im tireoti lukach miitach, if you are able to see me being taken from you, ihi lechachen, it will be for you. Vim ein lo yet. But if you can't see me being taken, then you won't receive my, my spirit. And they're going, And what appears there? A chariot of fire, horses of fire appear there. And they separate between Eliyahu and Elisha. And Eliyahu Hanavi goes up in a whirlwind into heaven with these chariots of fire. Elisha sees. And he's screaming, Avi, Avi, Rechev Israel Ufarashav, Velorahu od. Eliyahu Hanavi screams, Father, Father, Israel's chariot and horsemen. And from that moment on, he did not see him anymore. And Elisha takes his clothing and he rips it into two parts. By this pasuk, we say when the Tamikham passes, a real big Tamikham, Avi Avi, Rechav Israel. The leader of Am Israel has been lost. And he picks up the mantle of Eliyahu Hanavi, which was left behind, that fell from him. And he returns, and he stands on the Jordan River. And he takes this mantle of Eliyahu that fell from him. And he hits the water. And he says, Where is God, the God of Eliyahu? He too struck the water. And the water splits and Elisha passes through. And these students of the prophets that had left Yericho, remember they were standing far away. They see him return. And they say the Ruach, the spirit of Eliyahu has rested in Elisha. And they come close to him. They bow down to him on the earth. The rest of the story for now is not relevant to us. But you see here another type of transition of leadership. We mentioned yesterday that Eliyahu was still here. But really he's not. Elisha saw him go. 
But that vision that Elisha saw is precisely what made Elisha become the next Navi. Not only is Elisha the next Navi, he's also who becomes the next link in the chain of the oral tradition of Eliyahu Navi and the tradition of the Torah Shabbat. So from here the Gemara says, from where do we know that someone rips their clothing when their rabbi passes back to Rav Kapach? Shnemar Elisha Elisha sees this chariot, this fire, Eliyahu goes. And he's screaming, Avi, Avi! My father, my father! From here the Chachamim see that he rips his clothing. By the way, it's a classic case of where we're mentioning only the first half of the Pasuk, but really the intention is the second half of the Pasuk, where he rips his clothing. And if you don't read that Pasuk in context, you have no idea why the Chachamim are using this Pasuk as some kind of proof text. Now you may remember in the keynote that we sing on Tisha B'Av, we have a section that ends up, Avi, Avi, we say this part in, uh, Father, my father, this comes from the mournful prayer that Elisha says when Eliyahu Hanavi leaves him alone. I wanted to pause for a moment and elaborate on this halakha that I don't know that everyone knows. So if you want to again go back to Sepharia, And uh, click Halakha. And then find Shulchan Aruch. Click Shulchan Aruch. You want to find then Yoredah. So the second volume of Shuranuch, Yoreda. And then when there's a down arrow on top, you want to select chapter Shin Mem, or 340. These are the laws of ripping one's garments we should never need these halachot when a person is a mourner. Now I know there are some people who have superstitions, they don't want to learn the laws of Avilud. But we are now in the time period of Avilud. The very least that a person can do for Am Yisrael now is to at least study the halachot of Avilud in the time where anyways we're learning about Avilud. Maran writes in the first halacha, I cannot tell you how many of these halachot nobody even knows. A lot of people are strict for me about things that are not mentioned anywhere in halacha. When it comes to things that are actually written in halacha, nobody does that. Maran writes, Mi shemet lo met. A person who has somebody who dies, is one of the people that he should mourn over. Chayav alav. A person must rend their garments, rip their clothing for them. V'tzarich sheikra me'omed. And a person has to rip their garments standing up. Vim kara mi'yoshev. And if a person does that sitting down, lo yata, does not fulfill their obligation. Maran then goes into details of how to cut, how much to cut. Let me just tell you that I did a funeral not so long ago and they brought ribbons, you know, little black ribbons they pin onto their clothing, they ripped the clothing. You know, I don't care which denomination of Judaism somebody belongs to. 
My only request is, let a person at least die according to halakha. The whole life you took them away from Amisla, you took them away from understanding of Torah properly. Fine. But now it comes time for their final passage out of this world. Let them die like a Jewish person. Let their children mourn for them like a Jewish person does. Let them be buried like a Jewish person should be buried. And uh, I, I spoke to this family because I knew this was going to be an issue before. And I explained to them the importance of Kriya. And Baruch Hashem, is it the first time or the last time? If we ever had such a sad occasion. But the family understood, they agreed, and they did a Kriya properly. Maran then writes, Halakha, hey, it's one that people don't really know. Ha'omed bishat yitziat neshama. If someone is present while another person passes, this happens often. Somebody's in the hospital when someone passes away. Not a random person. Someone came to be with a person in their final passage. Somebody was present. Not a relative. Someone, a friend, someone else who was passing. If a person was present when the neshama left, of a Jewish man or woman, he has an obligation to rip his clothing. And even if this person has Averot, they're not a perfect person. One still rips their clothing for such a person. This is the halacha. Maran writes as the halacha. The person is present when someone else passes. We owe them a kriya, a ripping of our clothing. And that brings me to Halakha Zayin, number 7. So now we're in chapter 340, Halakha 7. Al-Chacham tamid chacham On a Torah scholar and then the student of a Torah scholar. You can ask this person a question, a halakha, anywhere. They can answer your halakha question on any topic. You rip one's clothing. Even after the burial, when the day that you hear the news of their passing, if it's within 30 days. And they rip their clothing until they reveal their heart. And already it has become the custom of among Torah scholars in every place. To rip their clothing one for each other, amount of a tefach. Even though they are equals. And one of them is not the teacher of the other. They still, in every place, rip their clothing for each other. Respect. Where do we see such a thing happen today? I don't know anybody who does these things. They were chachamim. I'll tell you, when Chacham Yosef passed away, the moment I heard about it, I ripped my shirt. People looked at me like I was crazy. I was walking around for the day with a ripped shirt. Who is your uncle? Your dad? You don't know halakha. It's tamid chacham who I learned Torah from, whether directly or indirectly, who anywhere in Halakha, literally anywhere in Halakha you ask would answer you. So what can I tell you? This brings me in Halakha Chet. 
Halachachet is what we're talking about. Al Rabo, on one's rabbi. Sherov Chochmatomimeno. What defines one's rabbi? I have many rabbis. You also have many best friends. What makes someone your real best friend? You probably have an answer to that question. I don't know if you know, but you can think about it. Not all your best friends were created equally. Which best friend is going to come fix your tire in the middle of a cold night? It's raining outside. You're broken down at 3 o'clock in the morning. Which of your friends is getting out of their bed to come change your tire? That's your best friend. Maybe your best friend. The other people, they're not even real friends. It didn't wake up. It didn't wake up? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, that's a sleeping that's a sleeping best friend. My, my best friend is AAA. Al-Rabo, a person who's, who their rabbi passed. What is the definition of a rabbi? Sherov chokhmatom yimeno. The majority of their wisdom comes from this rabbi. The majority of the Torah they know comes from this person. Im mikra mikra, im mishnah mishnah, im gemara gemara, whether it's Nevi'im, whether it's Torah, whether it's Mishnah, whether it's Talmud. Korea kol begadav, he rips all his garments. Ad shemegadav ibo. What do you mean all his garments? It doesn't matter how many layers he's wearing. He rips his clothing until his heart is revealed. V'yesh omrim sheno korea el ha-tefach. Maran says there's an argument, some say, that he only rips a tefach. And if he didn't learn the majority of his wisdom from him, he doesn't rip his clothing. It's like any other dead person that he mourns over them. And even if a person learned from somebody one, one thing, one Torah, a big thing, a small thing, they rip their clothing over a their rabbi. These halachot share a close connection with the halachot of of mourning one's parents. Our Chachamim learned this from Elisha calling out, Avi, Avi, my father, my father. Elisha mourns for Eliyahu like one mourns for his father. Avi, Avi, our Chachamim tell us, it comes to include a, a Torah scholar who has become your spiritual parent. You for whatever reason, that's not true. A technical difficulty. In any case, I want to bring this halakhot to one's attention, to our attention. I recommend it for those who are afraid of learning the laws of Avelut. We call them the halakhot of smachot. In any time period of the year, for whatever superstition they might have, it's a good time in this period. Tisha B'Av, you're not able to learn another Torah. So sit and study these halakhot. Elisha is teaching us a halakha about one's rabbi. And I felt that when you learn something like this, and Rav Kapach just throws you a random Gemara, and you say, okay, that's nice, who cares that's the source? There's a lot more to that source than meets the eye. And if one wants to see this halakhot in the Rambam, you can look in the ninth chapter of the laws of Avelut, of mourning in the Rambam, and you'll find over there an entire discussion about Tamnechamim and ripping one's clothing for to end off on a good note, uh, Eliyahu Hanavi is with us wherever we are, so even though Elisha mourned the physical loss of a person, uh, Rambam writes that are memorized through their words, they're memorialized through their words. Their words are their memory. And uh, that's why the Rambam rules 
that a Torah scholar doesn't need a tombstone. We don't put a tombstone on Tamikham's grave. Why? There's no matzera. Who needs it? Their words, their Torah, what they brought to the world is the most important thing they gave us. And I bless us all that we should merit to reach a place where after 120 years, we don't need a brick or a piece of marble or granite or stone to mark where we are, but that our Torah reverberates throughout the world and people will remember us wherever we are regardless of a physical marker in some place because the Torah that we brought to the table was relevant to all of Amin and to the whole entire world.